welcome to The Manifesto with Gideon, the Frequent Flyer, on the Myelonomics Podcast Network. I am Gideon, the Frequent Flyer, and I'm joined today by the Director of Travel Rewards at Built Rewards, Richard Kerr. Richard, welcome to The Manifesto. My pleasure, man. How you doing? Been too long since we've seen each other in person. A few years, I think. It has been too long. Down in Texas was the last time, right? In Dallas? Oh, man, those meetups are so much fun. Um, I'm looking forward to a world where they're happening all the time again. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be every weekend once we get out of this. So, uh, as you know, here on the Manifesto, we like to get our plugs in up top. So, where can people find you online? Uh, And is there anything else you want to plug? Yeah, everybody can find me uh, at KerrPoints, K-E-R-R, across all social. It, the best thing I ever did was make find a handle that was available across all social platforms. I'm really glad I did that up front. And uh, you can find everything that we're going to talk about today at uh, BuiltRewards.com. Love for you to check us out. Yeah, so you say across all social. Um, so I'm guessing that you have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. What do you like? Uh, I, I, um, use each channel for a very specific function. Uh, Twitter is kind of like the serious, uh, as serious as I get, which is actually not very serious. A lot of time, um, is let's, you know, banter, uh, chat points of miles and Instagram. My stories is very much, uh, day to day, whatever's going on in the life of, yeah, points of miles, but also being a daddy on kids also out on the road in the RV, uh, for the last few weeks. Uh, so a much more, uh, hodgepodge of everything that's going on rather than just points and miles. That's awesome. Did you get into the RV lifestyle around the same time as uh, at Pizzarola? I am have him uh, scheduled for a podcast in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Ed and I are thick as thieves and we have been uh, in the RV life together. Um, very much going back and forth through text at the not the beginning of the pandemic, but a few months in last summer, um, egging each other on and <laughs> seeing who's going to buy the bigger RV and uh, all the time having no idea what we were doing. Um, so figuring it out together and it's been a blast. Actually, my RV is in Ed's driveway right now. Uh, my wife and kids have, have been down there uh, while I'm here in the office in New York City at Built Rewards. So I'm flying back to New York or to D.C. tonight um, to go back to Ed's driveway where my RV is. And then you can uh, drag race them down 16th Street, right? Yeah, we're going to hook the RVs up and have a pooling contest and then uh, uh, drag down the uh, easy pass lanes in 95 South so you can get there. Uh, So uh, first, I wanted to get a little uh, background on you. I mean, you've been around in the community probably as long as I have. Um, So I was sort of wondering what your path was into the rewards industry, whether you came into it as a travel hacker or as a writer or on the business side, you've now had all three roles. So I was sort of wondering what your introduction um, was and how that path progressed over time. Yeah, a really long story short is I found points and miles out of a necessity uh, when I was in the Navy. Um, I got back from a deployment a few days before Christmas, uh, the first place and I was stationed out, out in Seattle in my home. I were a group in Atlanta and at the time where all my family was, was Atlanta. So like on December 23rd, our captain said, you guys can go home for Christmas. And we're like, thanks man. Like what's a ticket from Seattle to Atlanta cost on December 23rd for a flight on New Year's Eve. And <laughs> you have to pick between dropping thousands of dollars for an economy Delta flight or not seeing your family for um, that much longer. So I paid for my wife and I something like 3,500 bucks for two round trip tickets from Seattle to Atlanta, you know, the, the day before Christmas Eve. And I thought Oof. never again, like there's, <laughs> there's got to be a better way and this was uh, 2010 so found flyer talk and uh i went down that rabbit hole man and then my next duty station was japan and uh, where my son was born 
And uh, again, you can't, you know, <laughs> buy that many tickets back and forth on the military salary from Japan to Atlanta. So um, by that time, I, I was head deep into uh, the resources that were out there and started creating my own resources. But it was all out of a, a matter of necessity. I was able to use points and miles to get my family, my in-laws over to get, you know, me and my wife back to the States, of course, flying some lovely business class trans-Pacific flights. And then uh, we explored the rest of Asia on points and miles for the three years we were over there. So it all started for me out of a matter of necessity. I, I couldn't afford to get where I wanted to get and points and miles let me do that. Uh, so over the years, I always like to ask, uh, what was, uh, what was your biggest score or even if it wasn't that lucrative, your, your favorite play, the most consistent thing you were able to do, uh, whether it was on the earnings or the redemption side, whether it was a, a great manufactured spend opportunity or award availability that was consistently available. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just like you, I'm sure many, many stories over the years and some things and plays that come back up. I think my favorite thing I ever did was uh, in the middle of the night with the brand new uh, sun uh, in Japan. I was like I typically did whenever you wake up trying to rock him back to sleep. I would be surfing the websites, seeing what was going on. And I found a mistake fare on the Chase travel portal uh, for Tokyo to the Maldives via Abu Dhabi on Etihad uh, for uh, 900 bucks for first class round trip. Um, so I, I bought my wife and I a ticket. Said, hey, we're going to go to the Maldives and uh, first class. Uh, it was diamond first class at the time before they had, you know, the suites or anything. And um, I made the booking. The booking came in and said business class, not first class. Obviously, 900 bucks on that route. So obviously still a heck of a deal. But knowing us, we, you know, we wanted to <laughs> see if we could get in first class because that's what I should save the screenshots. And uh, since the Chase people note, they said, you know, the invariable four hour call later, they said, give us a few days. we got to escalate this. And a couple of days later, I got an email um, from the Chase travel portal with like the last four of some Chase corporate card. And they had paid the fare difference for my wife and I um, and bought, you know, like 9,100 bucks each. And we flew $10,000 paid first class tickets, um, did the whole stopover and uh, chauffeur and free hotel and all that. And I'll be Dhabi and then down to the Maldives for five days. And Eddie Hot happened to have a triple miles promo going on at that time and you could do family pooling so off those 20 grand in tickets we ended up getting like three hundred thousand eddie hot miles for that trip that's a lot of free american flights so <laughs> we flew american for free um for a few years after that based off that uh, mistake fair and uh, i still do business uh, this day with chase they to their credit they they made it happen so that's my favorite story to tell the best score i ever had yeah, does that uh, do that trip kick you up to uh, one world uh, elite status for a year or two? Uh, Eddie Hot's still not in the uh, still not in the alliance, but I did have Eddie Hot gold status for a few years, um, and I actually had to fly Eddie Hot a few times to the Middle East for uh, Navy work from Japan. So it got me uh, some good benefits when I did have to fly <laughs> Eddie Hot over the next couple of years. Yeah, got into the lounge, right? <laughs> Yeah, you get, get in the lounge. Actually, if you fly economy as uh, Eddie Hot Gold, at least in 2013, you got a business class meal and dessert and they served you first before they served the rest of the economy. So just like, you know, little things like that that made the trip that much uh, better. I love it. And um, these days, what do you like most in, in terms of rewards programs? Um, the landscape's obviously changed a, a lot since then. Yeah, um, I think overall people who say ah, the good old days are behind us like you and i know that there's still the opportunity every day for outsides value like the things we do are things that we can never afford financially so the, the opportunity for outsides value is still out there every day but uh, what i like most now is you know we're going to go into it but being in the current job the things i've always wanted to do and understand from the business side of a loyalty program 
and now having four months under my belt, a whopping, yeah, a whopping four months. I'm an expert right now, but, uh, having four months of experience developing and building a loyalty program, working with our travel partners and seeing it from the entire different side. It's just been, uh, it's been awesome. It's the stuff I've always wanted to know the stuff that uh, we obviously, that we, um, don't regularly get access to being on the consumer side. And I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, what I'm doing now. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start talking about um, built rewards. Um, I've um, obviously read all the blog posts that were written up when there was the first huge uh, publicity push and um, listened to uh, Dave Canty, the head of loyalty, which is a slightly different title than yours. You're the director of travel rewards and he's the head of loyalty um, on Dots, Lines and Destinations, episode 342. So, um, look, this is how I how I see the program, and I want you to let me know whether you think it's it's uh, totally mistaken or or close to the mark. So the way I see it is as a a three legged stool, basically. So you have uh, relationships with your travel partners and some retail partners, I gather, um, that we can talk about later. I do want to talk about the the retail partners also, um, and then you have a different set of relationships with the uh large residential landlords um that you make payments to and then you have a third relationship with your white label uh credit card issuer does that sound more or less right of the three the three legs of the stool uh yeah uh, a little bit more to it but um definitely three three important pillars for us sure yeah, no, 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 please, please. I, I, I want to give uh, listeners as, as clear a picture of the company as possible. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess just a brief overview for people who aren't familiar with Built Rewards. Uh, we launched in June. Uh, we are a standalone loyalty program. You can think of it as kind of like uh, an aeroplane, except we work across multi-different things. We're not owned by any specific airline, hotel, or, or bank or anything. We're our own program. Um, and it, it centers around solving the problem of people never being able to earn points on their rent uh, without paying the fees that are out there that traditionally have made the points you earn, you know, not worthwhile because the fee you're going to pay is worth or is more expensive than the value of the points you would earn. So our founder, a gentleman named Ocker Jane, a um, bit of a, a savant at 31 years old and uh, un- unbelievably connected, went and got uh, regulatory approval to use reward points for down payments on a house and then figured out a business model where we could issue points. Um, and make money as a loyalty program. So um, on top of that, we have the Built Rewards MasterCard uh, right now that is issued by Evolve Bank. And you can uh, pay your rent with the Built Rewards MasterCard through our app. And then you can also use it everywhere MasterCard is accepted and earn built points. So the combination of earning points on your rent and then earning points on your credit card spend uh, gives you what we call built points. And those points can be used in a variety of ways. One of them is using them for a down payment on a house, which uh, I just alluded to um, required regulatory approval because after the 2008 uh, housing crisis, the government said, hey, these are the very specific things that can be used to fund a loan. And sure enough, loyalty points were not even considered as being something that should uh, be used for that. So you can use them for down payment. Uh, you can use them to redeem for what we have, uh, what we call the collection, which is a curated um, art collection of home decor things that uh, people in markets like our launch market here in New York City and other big cities love. And then you can transfer them to one of our uh, travel partners. So we have uh, seven airlines and now two hotel partners. Yeah. So I, I was wondering, I was trying to do as much research about this as possible. And um, I, I was wondering whether the the 
um, the the two X on rent payments are capped uh, according to the website at four thousand points per month. It's up two thousand dollars in rent. Um, and does that apply to uh, both the Built Rewards Alliance partners and the landlords that you mail checks to? Yeah. So um, yes, it it does apply four thousand point uh, cap. However. Um, I think after the time this episode is going to be released um, on September 21st or afterwards, we're making some announcements. And one of those is getting rid of the 4,000 point per month cap and going to an annual cap of 50,000 points. Um, some of the feedback we got loud and clear from folks is, um, you know, we don't like the monthly cap. Some people that uh, live in really expensive markets pay more rent than that. Um and we're, we're essentially redoing the entire program from a value proposition standpoint. So I'll just give the basic introduction right now. Uh, at the time of recording, you're in 1x points everywhere MasterCard is accepted. And then you can earn up to 2x points on your monthly rent, depending on how much non-rent spend you put on the card. What we heard from people is there's too many other cards out there that give bonus points and spend categories. We want to earn more than 1x points. And having to keep up with where I'm at per month in order to get up to 2x points on rent was just a little complicated for folks. So um, while the pickup of our products has been immense, we've barely had to spend any money on marketing because people are so excited about earning points on rent. We really wanted to round out our value proposition and make this the most competitive card on the market and a no-brainer if you're a renter. So what we're going to is the 0123 program starting September 21st. It's no annual fee. Everybody will earn a flat 1x points on rent and 1x points on all spend. And then you'll earn 2x points on travel and 3x points on dining. So we call it the 0123 program. Status monthly goes away. That used to determine how many points on rent you earned. And we're going to an annual status program. All points you earn will count towards your annual status, just like you're used to seeing with a airliner hotel. Um, and that'll be... Um, good for uh, 12 months at a time. So zero, one, two, three annual status program, flat earnings. Um, and we're really excited about it. So no more monthly cap, just an annual cap. So that's, uh, if I'm understanding what you're saying, right, that means that you could, um, reach your, um, your 50,000 point annual cap with just 16, $17,000 in dining spending. Uh, the, the 50,000 point cap only applies to rent. There is no cap on every other spin, uh, to be clear on that. So 50,000 point cap for rent and no cap for everywhere. You use your card. Yeah, definitely want to be clear on that. Wow. That is a, that is a, obviously a huge improvement, um, on the earning structure. Um, any changes to your, um, transfer partners or redemption opportunities, or is it just on the earning side that the changes are coming through? All current redemptions uh, from the collection. We also have some fitness partners, you know, Y7, Hot Yoga, Rumble Boxing, Soul Cycle classes you can redeem your points for. Um, those all remain, all travel partners. So we have seven airlines uh, and one hotel at time of recording. But on September 21st, uh, when this episode drops, we are adding IHG Hotels as an additional uh, hotel transfer partner on top of World of Hyatt. So we're going to eight travel partners um, next week or now when you're listening to this. So uh, uh, an added value there, you know, we love World of Hyatt. I'm a huge Hyatt fan, uh, Hyatt fan for life. Um, but sometimes you got to go somewhere where there's not a Hyatt. So adding IHG gives us such a solid footprint everywhere in the world with their almost 6,000 properties that basically anywhere you go in the world, you can use built points to book a free hotel now. Yeah, that's a, that's going to be a really interesting improvement program. Just earning 3X on dining that you can transfer to 
Hyatt is going to be a great opportunity on a no annual fee card, right? Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's the same earning structure as the Chase Sapphire Preferred. That gives 2x on travel and 3x on dining and 1x everywhere else. But obviously with the Chase Sapphire Preferred, you can't earn any points on rent, uh, at least not without a fee. Um, and you have to pay a $95 annual fee for the Chase Sapphire Preferred. We have, we're a no annual fee card. So, you know, we feel pretty strongly about taking on, on the market and some of our competitors like that and saying, you know, what's, what's the case of having a, a CSP over a built and it's hard to argue why you would do that now, especially since we have all the, you know, we're a world elite MasterCard, And on top of that, we have purchase protection. We have the trip delay and trip cancellation protection. We have cell phone insurance, um, all of this for no annual fee. It's it, we really want people to start thinking like we do that. It's a no brainer to carry this card. Yeah. I, I didn't see the, um, trip delay insurance benefit, but actually not even all world elite MasterCards um, have the trip delay protection anymore. The arrival plus got rid of it. Yeah, very much. We we've gone above and beyond there. Um, if, you know, with my experience coming in, I work for Dave Canty as my boss, as you had said, the head of loyalty, he, he has over 25 years of experience building loyalty programs. And I was thrilled to be brought in to, you know, get the opportunity to work for him. Dave started JetBlue TrueBlue. He started Starwood Preferred Guest SPG. Um, he ran ISG uh, Rewards Club for four years, um, amongst other things, and just a wealth of experience. And, um, it's been great being able to come in and tell, you know, the people here at Built, like, hey, these ancillary card benefits are huge and people don't understand them because no card issuer adequately advertises and markets exactly, excuse me, what they are. So if we add these benefits, if we're willing to take on the cost of having these things, then I now have the opportunity to hopefully be the first card issuer that or card program that ad- adequately markets and explains to people stop paying Verizon 15 bucks a month for insurance and just pay with your built card. Stop paying for trip insurance. We're going to cover you if it's canceled or delayed, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, so we're excited about the, the value prop that we have now. All right. Well, if listeners didn't hear it here first, they heard it here second or third when this episode goes live. Um, so I do want to go through each of the three sort of legs of the stool that I mentioned earlier. And since we're talking about partner rewards, let's let's start there. Um, because one thing that's sort of confused me about uh, Built from the beginning is that my totally just as a consumer understanding was that loyalty programs had pretty exclusive relationships with card issuers. So Chase will bail out United during a financial crisis by buying a billion United miles up front. American Express will buy a billion Delta miles. City and Barclay will buy a billion American miles. And then once they have sort of that, that account with the airline, they dribble them out to customers as they make purchases on their, on their co-branded credit cards. So what I'm wondering is sort of as a, a young company, how do you sort of approach the airline and make them an offer uh, that even gets their attention before you have any customers even. Yeah. So to be clear, you know, built rewards is first is a loyalty program. You can still pay your rent uh, through the built rewards app. Even if you're not a built MasterCard holder, uh, you link your checking account to the built rewards app. You pay your landlord. Uh, if you live in the built rewards Alliance, which is our network of over 2 million apartments. Now, if you live in a huge building, like a related, a Camden, all these folks, they're, they're a part of our Alliance. Now we work with every major real estate company in the country. You can pay them via the built rewards that with your checking account, you get a flat 250 points per month. On top of that, the landlords are about to start issuing points. If you sign a new lease, if you renew a lease, if you refer a friend, if you have a maintenance failure, the landlords will have the ability to issue points. Um, so you don't need to be a MasterCard holder in order to get 
um, the great value of our program. So it's an important distinction because the the travel partners who do have exclusive co-branded uh, contracts with their banks are doing business with the Built Rewards Loyalty Program. They're not doing business with the Built Rewards MasterCard. Um, so we want to be uh, clear about that. As far as you know, talking to these folks, look, we're bringing the next generation uh, of loyalty members to their programs. Uh, the people just getting out of college, the young professionals, the people in the large markets that rent. Um, but they're not members of loyalty programs like like you and I, or even like our parents. When you when you look at the airline and hotel programs, they have a bit of an age problem where it's an aging generation, and, and their programs, while many of them are doing a better job than others, are kind of seen as archaic or um, confusing, or people think that they have to spend too much to ever see any value out of this. So when we bring our network of of loyalty members that are all the next generation of Gen Z and millennials. Um, they're excited because we bring a new member base to them that, that they don't have access to. Everybody wants to get in Gen Z. Everybody wants to get in front of millennials, but very few pipelines that effectively deliver your targeted message exist. And Built Rewards is certainly one of them because now we're, you know, in thousands of apartment buildings all across the country. So the airlines and, and hotels uh, and all our partners are very excited when we, when we approach them and explain Built Rewards to them. And um, it's been a lot of fun uh, to get them a really... Um, not without effort, but uh, very little friction uh, to get to our partners um, working with us, and, and we're excited about each each and every one of them. I was sort of um, thinking thinking of an example for for how this might work, um, and I was looking up some old Hyatt uh, point promotions because that seems like the best transfer partner for me personally. That's where I transfer virtually all of my Chase Sapphire <laughs> chasing points. Um, so, like during promotions, you can buy. Um, Hyatt points um, through points.com or whatever for uh, 1.8 cents, maybe getting a little bit less if you like click through a shopping portal or whatever. Um, is that the right order of magnitude to think of what Built is paying? Like obviously uh, you have, you have uh, business secrets and all that, but uh, are you paying way less than that or way more than that? Or is that sort of the wheelhouse for what Hyatt is willing to part with their points for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the great things that you've always wanted to know as a consumer, it's one of the things I, I wanted to know as well is what are the rates that different businesses negotiate with these loyalty programs to buy points for? It's certainly not something that I can discuss <laughs> in the podcast, um, but I'll tell you that every program protects the value of their points. So if you're thinking that um, uh, the people at Hired are going to give their points away for, um, you know, <laughs> very small, huge differences, then I'll tell you the answer is no. Um, they do a great job in protecting the, the value of their points. Yeah, it's just I know that a lot of bloggers are going to come into this saying, if I can earn 3% cash back, then I can buy points for more than than built is selling them, um, sort of if, if IHG is holding a point sale or something like that. So I'm just trying trying to trying to square um, what what the role of having um, a large loyalty program does in terms of getting a discount. Um, the other piece of this is that um, Dave Canty on on that uh, Dots Lines Destinations episode um, I was talking about mentioned that you're you're proud that you had a airline member in each uh, airline alliance. So that where where low level availability is around, uh, bill members will always be able to 
transfer to at least one member of that alliance in order to book what may have to be a partner reward, you know, Aeromexico booking on Delta or, or whatever. So what I was thinking about listening to that was, do, do you go to all of the alliance members and ask for the lowest bid or do you pay more for the first member of an alliance to sort of set a, a ceiling that you're willing to pay and then have the rest of the members of the alliance bid against each other? I'm just interested, without, without speaking about the value of the points or what you're paying for them, just, just what that negotiating dynamic looks like when you're dealing with so many members, you know, 20, 25 members of an alliance. Yeah, sure. Um, no, you, you don't ever want to pit the members against each other. <laughs> That's not an approach that we've taken because really at the top of these loyalty programs and in the, as I've learned in the, the B2B loyalty space, it's a small world. Everybody talks to everybody. And especially when something is revolutionary, it's built comes along and we start popping up places and conversations. You know, everybody kind of calls around and say, Hey, you, you know, what's going on with these built people? Is this thing real? <laughs> is this so, so you don't want to ever put, you know, alliance members against each other or even airlines um, outside of the alliances against each other. Um, these partners came about um, both from business and relationship standpoints. Again, Dave knows everybody from his 25 years. So when he goes um, to some of the the heads of these other programs and same with our founder, Anker Jane goes to his contacts and says, Hey, look, we're really excited about this. We kind of take a leap of faith with us because, you know, coming right out the gate, um, with transfer partners like American and Hyatt um, and Aeroplan and Virgin Points. I mean, it's it's a strong showing and that happens because of the personal and business relationships over years and, and obviously showing them a solid product of what we're going to do. Um, so there wasn't any competitive bidding. There wasn't any, you know, putting out RFPs or anything like that. It was uh, leveraging relationships and going to people that we knew would bring value to our customers and saying, hey, let's let's see if we can get something done here. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I showed my cards. I think uh, Hyatt is, is probably the transfer partner that I would um, use most consistently. Uh, but I wanted to ask what you think the highest value transfer partner is and if you have a, a favorite redemption buried in the other award charts, um, something that would get you to transfer to a different partner. Yeah, sure. Um, let me just give everybody listening uh, a list of our partners real quick. So we have American Airlines, Emirates Skywards, Hawaiian Airlines, Hawaiian Miles, Aeroplan, Flying Blue, Turkish Airlines, Miles and Smiles, Virgin Points, World of Hyatt, and IHG is everybody. Now, what I like about this list and why we've continued to kind of curate it this way is there is the opportunity for outside outside value um, in each of these, um, and each of them gotten a little bit better. So I'll give it through and give you kind of my favorite redemption for each one. Um, so American, um, still really attractive price uh, business class to Europe, South America, if you have the save availability dates. And, and honestly, their web specials continue to come through for me, uh, especially being in Atlanta. I don't know if it's because they're targeting the Delta hub or what, but I can find 5,000, 7,500 mile domestic flight redemptions out of Atlanta routinely with American. Um, just uh, a great currency to have. I also have executive platinum status. So continue to rack those miles up on top of my bill points. Uh, really symbiotic for me. Emirates Skywards, the redemptions to Europe on their fifth freedoms from Newark to Athens and then JFK to Milan. I mean, fantastic pricing for any class there. Um, it is a little bit cheaper if you book round trips. So if you, even though a lot of us look uh, like just booking one ways, you know, it's like 60,000 Skywards miles to fly business class. Um, 
to Europe on arguably one of the best products in the sky. Hawaiian Airlines, uh, Hawaiian Miles, if you find their level one saver availability from the West Coast to Hawaii, it's 20,000 miles round trip. But here's the secret uh, that I actually love the best about Hawaiian. You can buy the cheapest fare class that's out there for a Hawaiian ticket, and you can upgrade it to their first class for 25,000 Hawaiian Miles. I mean, that's a, a fantastic, like Orlando to Honolulu. Buy a $500 round trip, $400 round trip ticket, and then 25,000 points to upgrade 10 hours in their first class. Like, that's the way to go. Aeroplan, tons of blogs and everything about the new revamped Aeroplan program, the ability to do stopovers, the attractive pricing, a ton of stuff to like there. Really hard to call out. Um, Just one thing. Flying Blue, 11,500 domestic Delta um, flights. Uh, Really handy for me coming out of Atlanta. Just remember, you cannot book Delta with flying blue if you are within 21 days of departure it will show no availability so book at least 21 days ahead turkish miles and smiles i think they got 33,800 miles uh business class to istanbul uh routinely on their uh business class flights i had it was my last trip i was actually supposed to uh, take right before the pandemic i had atlanta to istanbul for 33,800 turkish miles and smiles uh, obviously, flying to Hawaii on United for 7,500 Turkish miles and smiles is ridiculous and awesome. Uh, first class for 15,000 Turkish miles and smiles to Hawaii. And Virgin Points, I think, you know, getting you probably familiar with that with I am all the great redemptions that lie there, whether it be Delta or ANA um, or upgrading uh, paid Virgin ticket, Virgin Atlantic tickets. Uh, value everywhere, man. I, I like each one of these programs for different reasons. Uh, wow, that's great. You just, the only two you didn't mention were Hyatt and IHG. What's your favorite Hyatt redemption? What's your favorite IHG redemption as long as we're doing this? Yeah, um, you know, Hyatt is tough because there's so many good ones. You know, um, I, I there's just I, Hyatt's award chart is just so, I mean, it's your favorite transfer partner. It's mine too for reasons that are probably too long to state um, shortly. But uh, the ability to book solid hotels for between Eight thousand and twelve thousand points is just uh, really unbelievable. And then ISG, I tell you, man, I keep a stash of about a hundred thousand ISG points because inevitably now hitting the road, going places, going to national parks, I'm going to need to stay in a Holiday Inn Express somewhere. And and Holiday Inn Expresses um, and those kinds of brands have been very popular with the traveling family. When we've been moving uh, the RV somewhere and we just need to pop into a hotel and go to sleep because we got another long day of getting to the campground you don't want to set up the rv for one night somewhere when you're trying to get up and go you know we'll, we'll stop in at a holiday Inn express that could be 200 bucks a night or you know 15,000 20,000 isg points and you just get really great value there so i mean i always keep a stash of isg points for those one night uh, convenience days that I, I seem to find myself needing Absolutely. And um, as we wrap up the loyalty part, I wanted to ask if you had any uh, favorite non-travel redemptions in the catalog. Is there anything uh, that Built got a killer deal on that you can you can pass the savings on to members? Uh, you know, if you bought a, a gross of Pelotons or something that people can uh, get a good price on. Uh, I can tell you our most um, popular item. I think it's sold out right now as I scroll through our app. And by the way, uh, everybody can download the Built Rewards app. You don't have to be a member, but we have great content in there that myself and our editorial director write all the time explaining the loyalty programs. Uh, our champagne saver. Uh, it's a golden champagne saver that uh, people here in New York have just uh, gone crazy about. And it's actually like a thing on social media now to take the Built champagne saver and pop a bottle. <laughs> so that's that's been the number one item from the collection. 
I just saw that uh, before we recorded and uh, wondered whether more people use it as a uh, accent piece or to open bottles of champagne. And we've gotten quite a few uh, videos from folks using it to open the bottles. So I hope people are actually using them. Outstanding. Okay, so um, let's move on to the the second leg of the the built stool that I mentioned, which is the on the landlord side. So I don't know how, how intensely you were involved in this process, but but I wanted to know what the process was like of selling these large residential landlords on accepting uh, built payments, whether they saw the advantages immediately, whether they were initially skeptical, whether some have refused outright and said it sounds stupid. Uh, what was that experience like? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we have an entire real estate team. I say entire. They're a mighty team of four <laughs> that manage over two million apartments right now and growing you know, uh, I think in September we launched 30,000 additional apartments. Um, so really amazing work for a team of four. Um, I was not here when they signed up the first uh, real estate partners. And obviously none of this would exist if we didn't have our real estate partners. But as is explained to me, it is quite unique to have all of these companies together in a program where out in the wild, for lack of a better term, it's really quite a... Uh, competitive market for these for the different real estate companies they 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 often don't like to work together you know they're after many of the same markets uh, and filling the apartments up especially given what's going on the last year and a half two years so the fact that they all are underneath one roof with all of their logos together has never been done before and was quite a challenge as i understand it um, from the beginning but once we got the first couple people on board and i can't remember now uh, who our first two or three were to sign up um, it, it got to the point where everybody started to pay attention and they said, there must be something going on here, um, that makes these people want to work together. Um, and now our, our door is essentially getting beat down every day by more and more landlords wanting to come and join the program. The allure is it's, it's a marketing and it's a retention program that many of them have never had before. And now that's unified, across the country, it's really powerful for them. Uh, it's been difficult to um, have incentives out there that isn't just straight cash out of a landlord's pocket. It's been difficult to have a way to make up for service or maintenance failures. It's been difficult to do anything except throw money at people to get them to refer their friends or do improvements to the building, which is <laughs> pretty costly depending on which market you're in. So um, they're all excited about it, uh, so much so that a few of our real estate partners now own equity in the business and are some of our leading investors, uh, if that gives you an idea of the, the faith that they have in the business. Yeah, so can you walk through the end-to-end uh, -end process of paying your rent with Built, whether you're using the, the app or the MasterCard? Um, actually, let's start with the MasterCard. So. Um, most people's rent is due on the first of the month. Are all uh, credit cards set up to have a calendar month statement cycle? Most credit cards you open, it's you know basically the date of your application plus a couple days begins your statement cycle. So I'm, I'm wondering how that works with uh, aligning the statement cycle um, with the rent payment cycle. Yeah, no, the card is completely separate. So it's not this, the credit card statement cycle is based on your open date. It's not tied up to uh, a calendar date. Um, but paying rent is essentially the same, no matter how you participate in built, whether you live in the built rewards Alliance or not, whether you're a, a card holder or not, you still head to the rent tab in the built rewards app and you, uh, click pay rent. If you live in the built rewards Alliance, we are 
connected to your landlord through an API and we have your unit number and your bill and you pay uh, electronically. Uh, the card, if you're a card holder, you still pay through the app that charge will show up on your card statement. Um, if you have a link checking account that we ping your account, ensure the funds are there and then you pay electronically. Either way, your, your uh, landlord is paid electronically if you live in the Built Rewards Alliance. If you don't, then um, you'll be sending, uh, we'll be sending a check on your behalf. And all you do is go to the pay rent tab. You click uh, set up rent payments. You put your address in, which we use the Google address uh, verifier to make sure it's a real address. And uh, you enter the amount that you want to pay. And then that's it. We'll, uh, you hit pay rent. A check is created the same day and we send it USPS first class mail. So regardless of how you pay rent, whether you're in the alliance, out of the alliance, or a card holder, not a card holder, it's all done on the pay rent tab in the app. Um, a few things to point out here. One is if you take your actual built card and try and go and pay at the front desk of your landlord, we actually have blocked that transaction uh, because you'll be charged a fee. And we don't want that to happen. So we call that uh, fee protect. You'll get a text message that says, hey, we noticed that you tried to pay a landlord at the desk. We've declined the charge because we don't want you to get charged the typical fee that a landlord charges, uh, please go on the Built Rewards app and pay. Uh, the second thing here is what we call Built Protect. You know, one of the things I first had questions about uh, when I came here was, isn't this giving people an opportunity to get in significant debt by putting their um, rent on a credit card? Is this, you know, something that lines up with my values? And our founder said, let me tell you what we've done to address that because we have the same concerns. It's called Built Protect. This is an optional feature that you can toggle on and off with a button on the pay rent tab in the app. If you want built protect on even if you're a card holder, uh, we will essentially pay with your linked checking account. We'll ping that account via plaid to make sure you have the funds and then you'll pay rent out of your checking account rather instantly and it'll be debited right out of that. So if you're worried about that's a problem for you, um, then you can turn built protect on. It is mandatory for some people. If you don't have, um, the available credit limit on your card. If you've gone uh, late a few times, a certain other criteria, you have to use Built Protect uh, and you have to pay out of your checking account. And then the other thing we've done is if you do use the Built MasterCard, if you don't use Built Protect, um, essentially your rent payment cannot be revolved on a monthly basis. Whatever your minimum payment is due for your start or for your card statement, uh, your rent payment will also be included on top of that. So if you buy a cup of coffee for a dollar and that's the only time you use your card, but you pay a $2,000 rent, your minimum payment due on that card statement will be $2,001. So between uh, bill protect, uh, fee protect, and then um, not letting people revolve their rent payment, we feel pretty confident that we've, we've done everything we can to encourage people to be responsible paying their rent. And that um, fee protect you said is is the fact that the, your rent payment is always part of your minimum payment. Um, is that mandatory for everyone or is that also credit rated along with the bill protect? Uh, so fee protect is where we, we're not letting you swipe your physical card in the landlord office. You have to pay rent through the built rewards app. Oh, sorry, I got that backwards. Yeah. But everybody has to pay their minimum. Everybody has to pay their rent every month, period. Like it, every for that, that's for everybody. I, I have a few follow up questions about the um, uh, the check payment option. Um you know, sites like a uh, plastique will um, say if your payment arrives late or if it arrives after the guaranteed arrival date, then we'll pay your late fee. They famously have, in my to the, to the best of my knowledge, they have never honored that for anyone. Um, but I was wondering what kind of guarantee you offer to make sure that rent payments arrive on time, or whether you cover late fees if uh, they're delayed for whatever reason. 
Yeah. So we recommend people use five to seven business days before their rent's due to send the check, even though so far in our first four months, it's taking two to three days for the check to show up. However, if something happens and you contact our customer service, we have the best customer service agents. They're all here in the office in New York. I see them on chat uh, all day, every day, and we review it. It's awesome. They're going to help you out. Um, if it was our mistake, if we if we had something wonky happen, if the check got lost, um, we have the USPS tracking. Um, we're going to make it right. We're not going to leave anybody hanging in the wind. Um, and I don't think we've had to do that yet unless somebody has, you know, sent the check the day before their rent was due. <laughs> so if you do that, we're still going to make it right the first time, but your account is going to be annotated. If the second time we go in and see that you tried to mail a check the day before rent uh, for a second month, then we're probably going to tell you to stop doing that. <laughs> but knowing our founder. I think I'm coming at it more from the perspective of, um, you know, we have wildfires in California and hurricanes in New Orleans and tropical storms in Maine um, that you may mail the check uh, seven days in advance from New York and it just may not get to California within seven days. I mean, we're we're 100% going to take care of the customer, likely via some courtesy points. Um that would do that. If it's a significant late fee, we've already had this conversation. If if the check just, just does not show up and you've done your part, we're not going to leave the customer hanging out. Um, that's not what we do, what we're about. Um, we'll absolutely take care of you. Um, I was also wondering whether the check mailing option works as a kind of uh, prospect uh, acquisition that uh, even if you're mailing out the check, you then have the landlord's um, mailing address, maybe even their phone number, their email address. Uh, do you reach out to people who are getting built checks and say, hey, wouldn't it be so much easier if this money was electronically deposited every month? We're not right now, and it's probably a capacity issue. Um, we have more than enough work for the four people on our real estate team. It should honestly be 20 people. Um, so no, we're not doing any prospecting or uh, taking the data to go and retarget folks um, right now. Okay. And are you, are you also using the Built Rewards Alliance as a revenue center so that you, you may electronically deposit $975 on a $1,000 rent payment? Um, or is it more just a way to acquire customers into the loyalty program? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a purely uh, acquisition force. Um, so what's happening right now is if you live in the Built Rewards Alliance, uh, you would have gotten a targeted email that says, uh, hey, Gideon, uh, we got a new program that we're partnering with here. Wouldn't it be awesome to earn points on rent for no fee every single month? Um, and we've seen great adoption via those targeted emails so far. So it's a huge marketing arm for us. Obviously, without the real estate partners, we wouldn't have um, a business. <laughs> so uh, it's worked great. But no, we're not uh, taking any cuts off the rent payments or anything like that. All right. Makes sense. Um, so finally, I want to turn to that um, third leg of the stool, what well, the time we have remaining, um, the credit card. Um, so I know that there are lots of white label credit card issuers, uh, Sutton Bank and Synchrony are the ones that probably most travel hackers are most familiar with. Um, so I was wondering what factors go into selecting your issuer? Like what, what do they vary on, whether it's payment speed from the bank to you or revenue sharing or the credit standards that they adopt? Um, how much do those vary between banks? And how much of a role does that play in selecting an issuer? Yeah, a little bit out of my purview. Um, they'd already selected Evolve Bank um, before I got here uh, a few months. So I wasn't a part of any of those negotiations. And I, I honestly, probably something I should go ask <laughs> our finance guys myself. Hey, why did we pick Evolve Bank? <laughs> um, I honestly don't know the answer uh, to that question. I would imagine all of that is part of it. Um, 
but uh, Evolve Bank's issuer, then Cardworks is also another white label um, business in, in the card industry, and they're basically servicing the card for us. Uh, if you call the number on the back of the built card, you're calling out to a company called Cardworks, that, who are our trained customer service agents as far as anything from the card side. Now, loyalty side, you're going to talk to us here at Built, but anything as far as the Built MasterCard and things that can go wrong or you know help you need on that side is all handled by Cardworks. Um, but uh, I really don't know the answer to your question as far as um, why we chose Evolve or how much those things uh, occur between uh, different banks. Yeah, fascinating. Um, so you mentioned the the built protect uh, program makes sure that your rent payment is always part of the minimum payment on your built credit card. Um, but to what extent does risk sharing factor into the business model? Uh, because the reason why you can't typically pay rent for no fee with a credit card is that they don't the credit card companies don't like cutting checks because you can't claw back cash or, or payments to third parties like that. Um, so what happens if a built user disputes a credit card charge, uh, even if it's only two or three thousand dollars? If it happened enough, that would probably make that would, that would cut into both the bank and builds. It all goes back to our underwriting model. So you've got to acquire the right kind of customers where you de-risk, you know, getting people who are going to default on their rent as much as possible. Um, and it's been really fascinating to, to work with and hear our finance guys talk about, um, you know, the different kinds of things that go into underwriting, really the complication, how complicated it is now today and, uh, and complicated meaning not necessarily bad, but just, all everything that goes into um, acquiring the right kind of customer that's that's not going to default um, on their balances, um, and that's where that's all de-risked um, for us. Uh, at least as far as my insight goes into the finance side of the company. Yeah, so that actually brings me to my last question: what, How you weigh um, those factors um, when deciding what renters to issue credit cards to, or landlords even to accept um, as payees. Uh, I guess I'm thinking is there's some kind of danger of uh, digital redlining where only residents or landlords in rich neighborhoods get access to built um, or the flip side of that where you have digital loan sharking where you're only issuing credit cards to people that you expect to only make minimum payments. Um, and it sounds like the Build Protect is sort of like designed to avoid the second problem. But I'm wondering whether there's a problem um, on the first side of only admitting landlords in wealthy areas or only admitting high income um, residents um, and in a sense sort of excluding a large population of people from the program entirely. So uh, we follow all the regulations, you know, of Equal Credit Opportunity Act. Um, you know, we have to be audited against those kinds of things. And, you know, um, there, there's no geo-targeting <laughs> based in our underwriting or or even our marketing. You know, our, our launch markets are all over the, the country. Um, so, you know, the vision is that if you rent in America, regardless of where you live or how much your rent is, that you're doing that on the Bill Rewards platform. I mean, that's what we want. We, we're not after only people that pay $4,000, you know, dollar rent, um, or anything like that. Actually, we had the opportunity to, uh, let some friends and families, uh, join. And, uh, my sister's a high school teacher in Houston, Texas lives in a house. I think her rents, uh, 1200 bucks. Um, she has a bill card now and mails a check to her landlord. And, um, uh, that's, you know, what we want to see. Um, so, 
we certainly follow all the regulations that's required to make sure that it's nothing discriminatory, but I can tell you that we are not geo-targeting and that our vision is out of the 90 million renters that 90 million and one use the bill platform to pay their rent. Yeah. So, uh, to two, two final questions. Um, uh, you're, you're a travel hacker. What, what's the deal with this, uh, wait list? How long is the wait list and, uh, how, how long, uh, not, not just how many people are on it, but how long does it take if somebody listens to this podcast and signs up on September 21st? Um, how long is it going to take for them to, uh, get admitted to the program? Why don't we do this? Why don't why don't I give you fifty codes that let fifty um, listeners skip the wait list and apply immediately, and then that's your answer. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> uh, no, we had to do that for several reasons. Um, you know, the wait list is uh, we get it. It's it's not um, what everybody wants. Everybody wants access to it now, but we had so much technology and um, assumptions and things that went into building this product that we couldn't just open the floodgates from day one. And that was all down to, we wanted to ensure that the customer experience was going to be top notch. Um, we've seen some other FinTech companies launch where they kind of open the gate and that just results in the customer experience being quite terrible. I'm thinking about one business checking, um, company that's offered a lot of points lately and the complaints that have come out of, trying to sign up and get the bonus uh, for them. And it's just not something that we wanted. Um, so we've gone very deliberately slow and intentional to make sure that all this technology works because we're, we're talking about people's rent at the end of the day. We don't want anybody feeling like they're not confident their rent's going to get to their landlord. Um, so rather than open the floodgates, we decided to take that approach. But I'm, after by the time people are listening to this, September 21st with the, the new value proposition 0123 being launched, um, you'll see the wait list very quickly start to go away. And I would imagine within a few months, people will be able to um, apply uh, as fast as they like. But what I can do is get you code so that people listen to this podcast. If you want to apply for uh, Built Rewards card or join the Built Rewards program, um, we'll get you in there uh, immediately. All right. Fantastic. Is there anything else you would like people to know about the program? Or uh... I mean, hey, we're excited. It's, um, the vision of Built, while it's amazing you know, for this audience, for travel rewards is also remember you can use it for down payment in a home. So if you earn built points over the course of several years of paying rent, and then that puts a dent covering several thousand dollars of a down payment towards a house, um, it's really a great story um, as well. And we've got a lot of things that are going to be complimentary coming out. Our status chart as released on September 21st. Um, everybody will be able to find that. I can give uh, Gideon a link or send it to him to put up uh, in the show notes. Um, it's just the beginning. Uh, this is going to be a continually iterative process. We're already changing the value prop up a few months in based on user feedback. We're all about that. That's what we said from the start. So if anybody ever has any ideas, complaints, feedback, positive or negative, uh, just reach out to me, uh, probably social media. Uh, send me a DM and happy to chat and listen to all the ideas. Um, but uh, we're excited about everything we got going on over here, Bill Rewards. All right. Thanks again for being so generous with your time. Thanks to my guest, Richard Kerr. You've been listening to The Manifesto with Gideon, the frequent flyer on the Myelonomics Podcast Network. Goodbye and good luck. 